Hey guys, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So chapter 11 continues with Surah Tawbah. And last time we were talking about how the Prophet peace be upon him was going on a journey to Tabuk and he made a general announcement that, okay, everyone needs to come along. There were many people who had actual reasons of not being able to go and the Prophet told them it's okay to stay. But there were many people who came to the Prophet with dumb excuses. And then there were those who just didn't give any excuse at all and stayed behind thinking that no one will notice. Allah noticed and Allah exposed these people as hypocrites. These are Muslims who didn't want to join and follow the Prophet. They had no excuse. And Allah says, this is wrong. You can't just call yourself a Muslim and then not follow the Prophet, not follow the things you're supposed to do. Don't we do that? We say we're Muslim, but then we don't pray, we drink, we gamble, we do bad stuff. Well, this is hypocrisy. Allah tells us, don't make up dumb excuses for why you can't pray or why you can't fast or why you can't make it to Friday prayers or go to Taraweeh at night. You know deep down those excuses are very stupid and Allah knows too and he will not accept them. Ignorance leads to hypocrisy, meaning people who don't really know much about Islam, it's hard for them to take it seriously because they think, oh, okay, I'm praying, I'm good, I'm a good Muslim, that's enough. Those people don't understand how bad their behavior is, how bad it is not to fast or curse or drink. They're the type of people to think, oh, I don't want to donate because if I donate money, I'll lose money and I need the money more. They don't think it's a big deal. So it's their ignorance that leads them to act in such a way that makes them become hypocrites. They are Muslims by name, but not by action. Again, Allah talks about how important charity is, how any action you do for Allah helps you become closer to Allah, whether it's your time, your skills, your money, anything. If you want to feel close to Allah, then give. In a hadith, it says, on the day of judgment, Allah will ask us, I became sick, how come you didn't visit me? I was hungry, why didn't you feed me? And of course you must be thinking like, well, Allah doesn't get sick or get hungry, he doesn't need anyone. Allah said, when my servant was sick, how come you didn't visit him? When my servant asked you for food, how come you didn't give him food? If you had done that, you would have found me with him. Meaning Allah is saying that helping Allah's creation is one of the best ways to serve Allah and become closer to him. Charity is the best way to erase your sins. And your charity actually helps you more than the person you're giving. How? Well, okay, say that you give $1. Allah said that if you give that with good intention, Allah will return you with $100. Did you see that? You have $1, but then you got back $100. That's exactly what Allah does with all of your charity. Now, there is a big difference between a Muslim who does something wrong and admits he did something wrong and a Muslim who does something wrong and doesn't think they did anything wrong. The Muslim that admits his mistake and repents is forgiven. But it's the Muslim that doesn't admit their mistake and doesn't repent that is punished. Don't think that Islam is judging others for their mistakes, that you should hate people just because they sin. No, sinning is natural. That's not the problem. The problem is sinning and then not admitting or realize that you're making a mistake. That's where it becomes hypocrisy. Allah tells us that our intentions matter a lot. Meaning, when you're donating $1 with good intentions, it is better than a person who donates $1,000 just to show off. Whatever action you do, do it with good intentions. Otherwise, that action will be worthless to Allah. The Quran describes the relationship between Allah and His servant. Allah is basically buying your life and what you have and will give you something in return. Yes, everything belongs to Allah, but what Allah is basically saying is that if you spend your life for me, I will give you Jannah in return. It's a contract. You're basically trading. Allah is promising you that if you give Allah your time, effort, and money, then Allah will give you Jannah in return. What kind of crazy trade is that? Someone says, give me $5 now and I will give you $5 million in the future? You'd obviously take that, right? Duh. Well, that's the deal Allah is making with all of us. Give whatever little that we have and Allah will reward us with much, much, much more back. Allah says that those who always repent 
always praise Allah, who follows Allah's instructions, who do whatever little that they can to serve Allah's creation, Allah tells those people, I got you. Your reward is gonna be huge. So they're talking about repentance again. The story is still taking place about how the Prophet went on his journey to Tabuk and how once he came back, all those Sahabas who didn't go went to the Prophet to give him excuses as to why they couldn't go. All the lame excuses of why they needed to stay. And obviously, Allah knew the truth, but the Sahaba who actually admitted that they had no excuse to go, who were being honest, they were told to repent. It is very important that we ask Allah for forgiveness when we do something wrong. And not just apologize once in a dua or make zikr for a day, no. In this story, these Sahabas were told to isolate for 50 days. For 50 days, no one could talk to them, and they repented for 50 days until Allah finally accepted their repentance. Now the moral of the story isn't that you have to spend 50 days in order for Allah to forgive you. No, the point is, you have to put in more effort than just a single dua. If you really want to show Allah that you feel guilty, then make repentance. Every salah, every dua, make astaghfar. Not just for a day, do it every day. What do you lose from asking forgiveness every day? You lose nothing. Because think about it. We all sin, and sometimes we don't even realize we're sinning. So by making repentance often, we're basically asking Allah to forgive us for all the sins we did on purpose and the sins we did on accident. Now 50 days of not having anyone to talk to might seem like a punishment, and it is, but punishment is not meant to torture you. Punishment is not meant to torture you. It is meant to purify you, teach you a lesson, to help you improve yourself. Allah is telling us, if only those people who made the excuses not to join the Prophet realized what they were missing out on. Those people who were so worried about getting tired and you know all the walking and the carrying the heavy stuff, if only they realized that Allah would have rewarded them for every second of their good work. Okay, imagine a job, you know, some people have salary, they're paid by the hour, some people even get paid for their gas too or even their miles that they drive to work. Can you imagine if your boss paid you for every second, every step while you work for him? That you'd get paid for every sweat, every breath that you would take on the job. How crazy would that be, right? Well, that's exactly what Allah is promising to pay you if you ever do anything for him. So next time you feel lazy about going to the mosque, that maybe you don't have a ride and it's a 30 minute walk, take the walk. You'll get more reward than the person who drove there since it requires more effort from you. The more effort you put in, the more reward you will get back. Allah talks about the hypocrites again and how many of these people were only hypocrites because they just didn't have the right guidance. Some of them genuinely didn't have anyone to properly teach them about Islam. Islam was growing so fast that at that time it was hard to keep track of everyone and make sure everyone understood Islam properly. And not all of them could leave everything behind to follow the Prophet and properly learn about Islam. So Allah said, not everyone has to go and always fight and protect the borders, meaning instead, have a specific group of people to fight and protect the borders and have another group that protects the minds of the believers. Have a specific group of people to learn the deen themselves so that they can share their knowledge with others. This was the only way to make sure that hypocrisy wouldn't spread and to make sure that Islam was followed properly. It is our duty to teach others the right way of Islam so they know right from wrong, so that Islam can be properly followed. Whether it's our friends and family or even Muslim neighbors. Of course it's awkward sometimes, but remember, your job isn't to force them, your job is simply to politely teach them and remind them of the right way. And definitely, don't teach and remind them by putting them down and saying, oh gosh, how did you not know this? Uh, you're doing this, this, and this wrong. There is a way to talk to others, which many of us are so bad at that it comes across as rude and demeaning. So definitely speak up and teach others when you see them doing something wrong, but be very careful on how you say it. Okay, I get this. In a hadith, the Prophet said that 
Anyone who goes to the masjid with the intention to either learn something or teach something, that person will be given the reward for a complete hajj. How crazy is that? Just by going to the masjid with the intention of wanting to learn or wanting to teach someone, you will get rewarded as if you did one hajj. So be more encouraged to learn and be more encouraged to teach whatever little that you know. So Allah says this is the best way to help those hypocrites, to educate them. But some hypocrites just didn't care. Allah says that when a verse of the Quran is revealed, they think, eh, this has nothing to really do with me. I don't know how I can, you know, take from it. This verse is about who gets the money from more. Like it has nothing to do with me. But the true believers, every verse, no matter what verse it is that's revealed, they are able to learn something from it. These people who don't take Islam seriously, they just pray and do bare minimum. They don't realize that the Quran is for their own benefit. They're so worried about being successful in this world. If only they realized that by understanding and following the Quran, they could become leaders of this world. They could have success beyond their imagination. But they're just narrow-minded, tiny-brained. They'd rather continue living like cows. So this is the end of Surah Tawbah. Chapter 11 continues with Surah Yunus. So Surah Yunus starts out by giving a statement to all the foolish people. Because many people thought that the Quran was just another book, that it was just poetry and philosophy written by a fortune teller or something. Allah tells them, no, 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 you are very mistaken. If that's what you think the Quran is, then you are missing out. You are depriving yourself of wisdom. The people thought it was so weird that there is this random man who is telling others to believe in one God and follow the message of Islam. That God really sent a human to give us this message. He must be a magician or something trying to scam us. Allah says, if you used even a little bit of logic, it would make sense to you. Allah has already sent down many prophets in the past, so this isn't anything new. And obviously, if people are doing something wrong, then of course, God will send down a messenger to guide the people. A scammer usually spreads a message so he can get something out of it. Money, fame, power, whatever. But the Prophet ﷺ got nothing out of it. Everything that he was saying was for the other people's benefits. He was trying to show them a better way to improve society. He wasn't asking people to give them their property and money in exchange for a palm reading. Allah created the universe in six days and then raised his throne. We read this verse in a previous surah and it means that Allah didn't just create the world for fun and then leave it alone. Because people think that, oh, you can do whatever you want. God doesn't care. No, Allah created the universe and controls it by himself. He created this world for a purpose, as a test. Again, Allah reminds us that we will all eventually return to Him and on the Day of Judgment, we will have to answer for our deeds. People have to accept that, otherwise they'll think that this is just one life, YOLO, you can do whatever you want and once you die, you die. But there's no consequences, no hell, no nothing. The people should be scared that whatever they do in this life will have major consequences. It is Allah who created the sun and the moon, day and night, all for a purpose. Humans need sleep, right? We wouldn't be able to sleep if it was just daylight all the time. Day and night helps us keep track of time, the months and the years. Those who ignore the signs and don't follow the instructions will end up in hell. This world is a test after all, so if you give the wrong answers on the test, obviously you will fail. Many non-believers would ask the Prophet you keep threatening us that Allah will punish us, Allah will punish us, so why haven't we been punished yet? Allah says, He delays punishment so He can give us the time to change. Why do people wait to be punished before they change? Why are you going to wait until things are so bad before you change your habits? And remember what happens when we still don't change. Allah then just leaves us completely alone so that we wander blindly. Our punishment will come when we least expect it. Allah tells us, these people, they turn to Allah when they are desperate. But as soon as they get what they need, they forget Allah. And we all do that, it's true. We pray and do so much zikr when a person is sick or needs a job. But after he's healthy or gets the job, he stops doing the extra work. This is why if you have hardship, 
it means Allah loves you. Because this hardship is meant to keep you close. Allah knows as soon as He takes the hardship away from you, that you're just going to disappear. Allah says the people before you were wiped away because they didn't follow. And every generation go through the same exact test. So learn from those people. Are you really going to make the same mistake as them? Some people even tried to convince the Prophet to change the Quran. They didn't like some of the rules, but the Prophet ﷺ explained that the Quran is not his to change. The Quran are not the Prophet's ideas or words. These aren't human ideas or suggestions. These are commands straight from Allah. Again, people would ask the Prophet ﷺ for a sign, but Allah told the Prophet to tell them. Allah didn't send such a sign down from the unseen world, but if you want to wait for a sign, I'll wait with you. The truth was, they wouldn't have believed anyway. The people who aren't even curious to understand the Quran's message and just see what possible benefits could be behind it, those people have no interest in the truth. In fact, the people ask for a sign after Allah had already shown them a huge sign. So basically Allah sent a huge famine down to the non-Muslim believers for like seven years. They were so desperate and so worried that the non-believers went to the Prophet and asked him to pray to Allah to remove the famine. And Allah did. That was such a huge sign and you'd think they would believe after that, but nope. They just kept asking for more and more signs. People are just too stubborn. They don't want to change. They don't want to stop their bad habits. They don't want to stop having fun. Allah's warning us again and again and again that this one hour of fun you want to have in this world so badly will earn you a lifetime in blazing hot fire. Allah is the one who's been providing for us. Our health, our wealth. Allah is the one who's been taking care of us and protecting us. Yet we take that for granted. We're so used to it. Well, when Allah takes away those things from you, then you can wonder why you lost everything. You were warned. Allah says to the people who still think that the Quran was written by a human that, go ahead, bring your best writer or whoever you want and try and come up something similar to the Quran. You won't be able to because the Quran didn't come from a human mind. It came from Allah himself. It can't be replicated or even copied. Nothing close. The people would used to ask the Prophet over and over again when the Day of Judgment is going to be. And the Prophet said, stop asking, only Allah knows. Instead of worrying about when it's going to be, you should just be preparing for it. We are told that the Quran has Shifa. It has the solutions for all our problems, physical and spiritual. It is the study guide and the cheat sheet for the exam of this world. But for some reason, we are too stupid and stubborn to understand that. It's like crying to your teacher for help on the test which is an open book test, but you're still whining and the teacher gives you the answers and you say, no, I don't want these answers. See how dumb that sounds? Yeah, that's how dumb we are. I know how hard it is to fear something you can't see, but you have to remind yourself that Allah is always watching all of your actions, all of your thoughts. He knows everything. Once you start getting punished, then you'll slowly think twice about every action. Hopefully you'll think, uh, is this worth being punished for? Do your best to become Allah's friends. That is the only way to become happy and successful in this world. Seriously, Allah tells us, those who are friends of Allah will have nothing to worry about on the Day of Judgment. Everyone else will be freaking out, but Allah's friends will be calm and relaxed. The Prophet peace be upon him did his best to try and persuade the others, but the people just didn't want to listen. They didn't want to change. They didn't want to even keep an open mind just to even think about what the Prophet was saying. They just flat out rejected everything that came out of his mouth. Allah didn't tell the Prophet to tell the non-believers the story of Noah. Prophet Noah was sent down to his people as help. But of course, his people got so tired of listening to the Prophet lecture them. Noah told his people, Listen, if you guys are all tired of me being here and lecturing you and trying to help you, then you are more than welcome to try and kill me. You can do whatever you want. Call your idols, plan against me. I have my full trust in Allah and I'm not going to give up. He tells them, I get nothing out of this. I'm literally just trying to help you guys. But if you don't want to listen, then face the consequences. So you know how the story goes, Noah and the ark, Allah drowns them all in a storm and whoosh, 
they're all gone. And then Allah mentions Prophet Musa's story. And we learned about the story in the past chapter, how Fir'aun, the Pharaoh, didn't want to listen. He thought he was super strong and powerful. He had his army and everything. But Allah gave victory to Prophet Musa and his people, while Pharaoh and the haters were wiped away. It was while Pharaoh was drowning in the ocean where he finally admit, okay, I believe in Allah now. <laughs> yeah, too late, buddy. So obviously these stories are being given as a warning to the non-believers at the Prophet ﷺ's time. That this is exactly what will happen to you if you reject the truth. Again, Allah says that the signs are everywhere that prove what the Quran is saying is true. In fact, now that science has come so far, it has proven everything that the Quran has revealed. There are so many scientific facts and miracles talked about in the Quran that was impossible to know at that time. It was impossible to know certain facts since they didn't have the scientific equipment to confirm any of those things. Yet, the Quran said it before science even discovered it. The purpose of this ayah was to educate the non-believers, specifically the idol worshippers, that your gods cannot help you now and they cannot help you in the day of judgment. Allah is the one who puts you in hardships and is the only one that can remove it. No other person or idol will be able to help you. They're basically trying to get them to leave shirk. So this chapter ends by saying that those who don't want to listen, then just patiently wait until you learn your lesson the hard way on the day of judgment. So that's the end of chapter 11. Surah Yunus continues on to chapter 12.